Welcome to Pick 6 Podcast. Maybe the Pick, pick 8 Podcast because it's the 8th podcast we've done this week. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily NFL show on CBS Sports. Excited to be recording a bonus Sunday edition pod with my friend, your pal, Sean Wagner McGuff. Sean, uh, is it a bonus pod when there's already been seven bonus pods? Or like, what's the deal? Three bonus pods, eight podcasts since last Monday, eight. This will be the eighth podcast of the week. There's only seven days in the freaking week. This is Herculean effort by us. And you know what? I just want to point out that I don't think I've missed a single one of those podcasts. And I think, I think I may have moved above Ryan Wilson in the reliability rankings. Wow. Yeah. I what do you, th- what do you think? Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Ryan is uh texting us about being at a barbecue joint and, Bomb F Virginia. So yes, he this is, is our, this is our final Sunday off until February. And Ryan, me and you would love to not, you know, not be doing this, enjoying our, you know, our final football free Sunday for months. And no, we're grinding out another podcast, our third <laughs> podcast in the last like 24 hours. I swear to God. Yeah. Tell you what we're not doing. We're not on vacation in Virginia. Low traipsing around the countryside. See, this is the thing is Ryan was giving you crap for taking three vacations in, you know, May through July. Mm-hmm. When Ryan has taken three vacations, he just staggered it. So he did it during the preseason and training mm-hmm. camp, whereas took our vacations before football started. Mm-hmm. We're all, we're all level on vacations. We just timed it better. Ours- but he had the audacity to, you know, to trash oh. us for it. And oh. we had, we timed it right. Audacity. And yes, you're correct. Ryan. Shame on you, Ryan. Shame on you. Everyone who listens to this podcast, tweet at Ryan Wilson CBS and say, enjoying your fifth vacation of the summer, buddy, or like some variation of that. And let's, uh, let's get Ryan all upset. He'll be driving along and he won't know. He'll be like, Oh, I've got like 50 tweets about this. What's happening? Why is this happening? Uh, anyway, let's get to the news of the day. The Houston Texans have, uh, taken control of the NFL headlines. Oh, by the way. Uh, make sure to check out Fantasy Football today. We're not the only ones who fire up emergency podcasts. The guys chatted on a special Saturday bonus about the impact of all the moves from a fantasy perspective. Download and subscribe to Fantasy Football today on Apple Podcasts. Uh, coming up this week, by the way, we've already recorded Monday's show. I think it's, we did bold predictions. It should still be fine. I think I don't think anything will change. Uh, all like nothing from our bold predictions was dramatically altered by any of the the events no. this week. So it's uh we're also gonna have some fantasy advice, picks against the spread to get you ready for kickoff. Uh, but on to the bonus podcast. The Houston Texans made themselves Sean uh, a lot of headlines. They traded away Jadavian Clowney to the Seattle Seahawks, and they traded for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. While sacrificing, it's, it's really kind of crazy to say this out loud, um, a 2020 first rounder, a 2021 first rounder, and a 2021 second round pick. Um, they picked up a 2020 fourth rounder, a 2021 sixth rounder, uh, as well as Tunsil Stills. And they also gave up Jonathan, ba- Johnson, Johnson, ba- uh, Jonathan Batamosi and Julian Davenport while acquiring Barkevius Mingo. Jacob Martin and a 2020 third round pick from the Seahawks in that clowny deal. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> I mean, a lot going on. Uh, oh, and they traded for Carlos Hyde too, but like that's like, a, <laughs> I don't, I don't know where to start, honestly, because I think, I think the Texans thing really warrants a overall perspective. And my immediate reaction is, and I, I think this is everyone's immediate reaction is what the hell is happening here? <laughs> This is insane. Bill, it's like Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby 
have taken control of this organization and I don't understand what they're doing and why they think these moves are good. Um, I, I understand what they're doing. They're like, we can't get a deal with Dumb Clowney. He's not going to come play. We badly need a left tackle. So we're going to go get Tunsil from the Dolphins because they're willing to trade him. Um, and, uh, Kenny stills a throw in because he's, you know, bad. He's like lashing out at the owner, uh, over protest related stuff. Um, but you can't give up your next two first round picks. And, and it's worse than that. And before we get to that, I, I do want to say though, I think the Texans actually, if you're not looking in terms of future compensation <laughs> and all that, they actually did get better, yes. I would say, because their getting potential helps. Their 2019 football team is better. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. doubt about so, that. So in terms of just pure football this year, I think it's an improvement. I think it does maybe make them the favorite in a terrible division, as we've talked about on this on this podcast many times. But when you think about the compensation, it's not just the two first-round picks. They suddenly have to give Laramie Tunzel – they're going to have to make him probably the highest paid left tackle in football. And now Laramie Tunzel, I would call him a good he's slash a, he's decent a, left tackle. He's an emerging, he's an emerging young player who could become one of the best left tackles in football, but he's not there yet. Like the tier that I would put him on is in the same tier as Charles Leno of the bears, which is if you have him, you feel good about it. You know, he's yeah. dependable. He's fine. Well, here's the key difference is Charles Leno, his average salary is $9 million per season. And so if the Bears have Charles Leno $9 million per season, they feel great because they have an average, capable, decent, not a liability at left tackle, but they're not paying him much. This is the complete opposite for Houston because they have no leverage in contract negotiations. Uh, I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone was like, if I was Tunzel's agent, I would be holding out unless they're paying me $20 million a year. Because they have absolutely zero leverage because they traded for a guy with two first-round picks before they agreed to terms on a on a contract extension. So it's costly in terms of first-round picks. It's going to be costly in terms of salary. It does make them better this year. It does address their biggest need. But this is kind of just flushing their, their future, it seems like, down the drain a little bit. And I'm going to ask you a question. If you can name the last five players, you probably won't get all five, who have been traded for multiple first-round picks. Uh, this doesn't quite qualify because Stills is in there, but I, right, still, right, 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 right. Um, I still think it kind of qualifies. Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, obviously. The um, one before that involved the Bears, and he that was the most recent one. The other, the next one was the, the yeah. last one was Jay Cutler. Yes. So it's Khalil Mack, and then Jay Cutler was the previous one. Are yes. you kidding me? There and has. It, I mean, I believe it. The, the three. Uh, I mean, is Herschel Walker one of them? No, it's uh, Ricky Williams. Okay, all right. Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, uh, yeah. Joey Galloway. I mean, these haven't worked out well for anybody. No, who's I mean, <laughs> the moral of the story is... Khalil Mack not, is fine, but... I mean, but it's fine, uh, but you'll talk to a lot of analytics, you know, gurus out there who still think the Bears should not have given up that, mu- that, that much for Khalil Mack because they also had to pay him big money. But I think the lesson here is it rarely works out if you're trading two first-round picks away. Um, it's even worse when you have to pay that player big money, which the Dolph- which the Texans have to do. Um, and then I guess the other takeaway for me is, I mean, what a great trade for the Dolphins. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, let me read to you what they have: two first-round picks in 2020, two second-round picks in 2020, two first-round picks in 2021, two second-round picks in 2021. Now, who knows if they're going to hit on those picks? Um, you know, we saw the Browns kind of bumble around with extra draft picks for years before they got it right. But they're certainly setting themselves up for a chance to emerge as the team that overtakes the Patriots once Tom Brady retires. It's 
Uh, it's a good spot to be. And now, look, if we're going to talk about right now the impact of, like, the 2019 season, this sucks for Josh Rosen because he loses a wide receiver and a left tackle. I, it's going to be a rough season for him and for Fitzpatrick. I don't think – I think what the Dolphins – it is it is crazy, though, that the Dolphins are trading a, a former first-round pick who is, like, looks like a top-tier tackle. But here's the thing. And, again, like, I, I don't think we know if Laramie Tunsil can be the best left tackle in football. Like, like, we don't know, we can't, you can't definitively say that he won't be, um, you know, it, it the odds are probably There's not. a lot of, there's a lot of projection based on that. Right. No, but, I'm, but my point is that he is about to be paid like the top left tackle yeah. in football. Uh, you look at the salaries and the average, um, annual per year on average per year. Taylor Lewan, number one at 16 million. Nate Solder, 15.5. Jake Matthews, 14.5. Joe Staley, 14. Uh, the Taylor Lewan deal, $80 million with 50 million guaranteed. 34 million fully guaranteed. I mean, Tunsil's just not taking anything remotely less than He shouldn't. No. Why would he? They, they, they have no draft picks to replace him with because they, they <laughs> traded him. Um, and, and he's, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to get 20 million a year, but he's definitely going to get 18 million a year. Yeah. Definitely. And it's actually really funny. I mean, not funny. I guess if you're, it's pretty tragic if you're a Texans fan, but. The problem, the reason all this started is because they were in line in the draft to get the best pass blocking left tackle, Nandre Dillard, mm-hmm. and the tech, and the Eagles, a team that does not need, you know, a stud left tackle right now, leapfrogs them. And this has thrown this entire offseason in the whack because it looked like they were going to get the guy they needed, the guy that, you know, we were projecting to go to and seemingly like every single mock draft, it was all falling into place. And then the Eagles trade up and steal him away from them. And now they're in a position where instead of trading up to get um, Dillard, which, you know, a lot of people probably would have frowned at because they probably would have had to, you know, jump up only one or two spots and give up a lot. They wouldn't have to give up two first-round picks and then pay $20 million, $18 million a year to their left tackle. So uh, the Eagles really have kind of um, – I mean, it's, it's just it, – it's incredible how close the Texans were to avoiding this Tunzel situation, this Tunzel trade. And the Eagles just completely ruined it. Yeah, the jumping up and the, and the Eagles. Remember, they gave up a fourth and a sixth round pick to move up. And it, I mean, like the, I mean, the tech. The, I don't know. If, I don't know if the. I don't know who. I'm trying to think who traded down, but whoever it was that the Eagles traded with, was it Denver? It might have been, but whoever it was that did the deal, like, did they call Houston and be like, "Hey, look, if you want to come up, it's going to cost you a third round pick." Because you feel well, like, they should have. Yeah, in hindsight, yes, they should have. Um. So, but part of the problem, like we talk about, like this makes it better for 2019. One of the things, though, that you have to factor in is that instead of paying Jadavion Clowney, who they traded to Seattle, they're now going to pay Tunsil. But their defense, like if JJ Watt isn't healthy, this defense could stink. Like, yeah, we we were already talking about how it's kind of a stars and scrubs defense, and now they just lost one of their what three stars. Um, so now they're down to Merciless and and Watt, both of whom are aging, both of whom have been injured. In recent years, um, I mean, I still think, look, not factoring the contracts and the picks, I might rather have Tunzel than Clowney if that was the choice, because I think protecting Watson probably takes on a higher priority than, For sure. than Clowney. Do you know why it takes on a higher priority, Sean? Because... Back when they drafted Deshaun Watson, they gave up a future first-round pick for him. Then he tore his ACL. They won four games, and they gave the Cleveland Browns the number four overall pick. But no one talks about it because they got Watson. But, like, this exact situation could unfold in their face one more time. If Deshaun Watson gets hurt this year and misses significant time, and this team wins four or five games, 
that's going to be a top five or top ten pick. Like that is a you can't do that in the in the modern NFL. I mean, you can't do it in the in the in the old NFL either. But in the modern NFL, where draft picks and cheap rookie salaries are so valuable, you cannot give up these kind of picks. Not just not for one player, especially when. If we're led to believe that Miami Dolphins were not going to re-sign Tunsil, he was going to be available either at the deadline at some point this year or as a free agent later on in the year. Surrendering two first-round picks for a left tackle is out of control. And the fact that they had no GM, like they fired <laughs> well, their GM and hired the Patriots preacher, and now they're just giving up multiple first-round picks for left tackles. I, 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 it's, 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 it's mind-boggling. This, this can't be overstated. They fired their general manager because they decided they wanted to go after Casario, who's the Patriots' de facto general manager. Yes. They got hit with tampering charges because they pursued Casario at the Patriots' ring ceremony at Robert Kraft's house. How dumb do you have to be to commit that kind of tampering? So then they never hire GM. And who do they put in charge? Bill O'Brien, and you then, know, you never want the head coach to be in charge of the long-term, you know, outlook of the it roster. Reminds, it reminds me of Ch- do this. Chip Kelly's Eagles is what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. And coaches are always going to prioritize this year over the long-term future because they know they might not be around a few years from now. And then their other GM figure, as you said, you called him a preacher. I don't he's a character. He was a character coach no, in New England. No, he was the Patriots chaplain. I'm not joking. He's the Patriots chaplain. And then he was and now he's the general manager, essentially. He's like the, he's like the VP of like personnel in Houston. He went, he went from being the preacher <laughs> to running the Texans. And look, maybe this works out and they have a great season and Sean Watson is healthy and JJ Watt's great. But like they're one or two injuries away from just capsizing. And here's the, the longer term problem too is that let's say that Cal McNair is humiliated by how this season goes. And fires Bill O'Brien and, and, and Jack the Preacher. If that happens, who is coming to take this job? Cause they don't have any first round picks. I think you still get someone just because of Watson. Yeah, but the GM job is not an attractive one. Oh yeah, the GM job. I think you get a coach. Yeah, you can easily, no, you can easily get a coach, but like the GM, like you still have to hire a GM. They want to, they, they're claiming they're going to get, do you think Nick Casario and Bill Belichick would have done why this would, trade? No. Why would Casario want to go there now? Because the rumors was, oh, they're just going to, they're, the reason they were not hiring a GM is because they're going to wait for Casario's contract. I believe it's up next May or next off season. And that was the whole thinking. I, I mean, I get Casario probably wants to be his own guy, you know, get, you know, get away from Belichick's shadow and all that. Why would he pick this? He has no opportunities to make the team better. Um, as you mentioned, without those draft picks, which, as we've all learned, getting those players on rookie deals is pretty much now how you win the NFL. And Watson's going to need a new contract, you know, not not immediately, but in the next couple of years. So then suddenly you're going to be paying a quarterback at that point, like, what, $36 million oh, a year? Oh, no. And I forgot about this. They're paying $7 million yeah. on Jadavid Clowney's salary yeah. in Seattle. We'll get into that in a second, but we like. We need to get to the Clowney debacle. But, but like, but like the point of it, like, but it, but it falls into the, the Texans moves as a whole. So the Clowney thing is an unmitigated disaster at every level, not just in terms of like, okay, we messed up on an evaluation or, like, you know, we couldn't get a deal done because this guy's agent is just, you know, a tough guy to deal with. No. It's there, malpractice. It's malpractice. It really is. There were three pass rushers franchise tagged. Was this three or was Demarcus Lawrence? Yeah, no, he got a deal done, right? 
He was tagged. So we have four, yeah, four pass rushers tagged. The Cowboys got a deal done with Demarcus Lawrence. The Seahawks knew they could not get a deal done with Frank Clark, so they traded him to the Chiefs, who gave him a pile of money. The Chiefs did not want to get him, do a deal with D. Ford, so they traded him to San Francisco, and they gave him a pile of money. The Texans waited until after to the July 5th deadline to do a contract extension and then traded Geneva Clowney, and now we're paying $7 million of his salary. Yeah, I mean, Jason Lockenford tweeted this yesterday, which was the Texans were ne- negligent in not making him Clowney the number one trade priority back at the combine. I mean, that's when they should have started shopping him. And waiting until after July 15th, they lost all their leverage because Clowney, who didn't sign his tender, could basically veto, right, where he didn't want to go, where he didn't want to go. And so he didn't want to go to Miami. So once he picked Seattle, Seattle knows that Houston has no leverage whatsoever. And it was really funny watching the deal unfold on Twitter with every insider reporting everything because it was he's going to Seattle for multiple players. And so we're thinking, oh, who's the offensive lineman they got? You know what I mean? And then it comes out two linebackers and that's when I think everyone on Twitter lost their minds and rightfully so this was mismanaged from the start this should have been taken care of at the combine you should have got the wheels turning you should have known at the combine look we're not going to pay Javion Clowney you know top pass rusher money and you know they might not even be wrong about that because of his you know injury history with the knee and all that but to only get what they got in that trade and I mean what a huge what a huge steal for Seattle yes I mean so Seattle just went from the Seattle went from we're in a pickle with Frank Clark and we have to pay him a ton of money to we have one season of Jadavon Clowney for nine million dollars. And and if he likes it here, he might resign. Because it seems pretty clear that Clowney, at least you know, based on his actions, is interested in playing for a winner, right? Like he yeah. he refused to go to Miami. I mean, because they were clearly gonna do the swap of, I guess, Clowney for Tunsil, right? Yeah, I assume that was it would admit I think Houston might have had to probably throw in picks still four more first round picks <laughs> with, uh, uh, pay all the clowny salary this I mean yeah I mean there's a huge win for Seattle and Seattle um Seattle was in a position where they were suddenly like had a defense it was you know sort of evaporating quickly like I was starting to get I was starting to get a little concerned about Seattle because of all the injuries at wide receiver I mean like they are banged up at wide receiver like DK I mean David Moore and DK Metcalf are hurt it's like Tyler Lockett and Malik Turner and Gary Jennings a 2019 fourth round pick and then at defense you know I mean like Puna Ford's a very good player but LJ Gerard Reed was suspended Gerard Reed suspended LJ Collier got injured you know Frank Clark was an impact guy last year and now all of a sudden you add Clowney on the defensive line and you're like, man, this defense might be sick. Like, I, yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't think Clowney changed, like, Clowney is not, it's like a generational player. He's not Lil Mac. No, but I mean, no, probably not. But I mean, like, adding him to that defense makes me think that the Seahawks could absolutely win that division. I was stunned, Sean, to look up, uh, and see that the odds for the Seahawks is actually on, this is a, at least offshore, but, um, four to one to win that division. That's what weird. are the Rams odds? Uh, plus, minus 160. And the 49ers are plus 380. The 49ers, um, 49ers should not be favored over the Seahawks. We spent a lot of the summer, the, all, all the super friends talking about how we were all going to pick the Seahawks to win the division. Um, and since we last talked about that, I was actually going to pick the Rams when I was going through and making it because of the drawn read suspension. They were in a position, you know, yesterday of having to rely on um, Ziggy Anza to be pretty much their top pass rusher, it seemed like, at the beginning of the year. And four months ago, we weren't sure Ziggy Anza was going to be ready for week one. 
Now suddenly you move Ziggy Anza to, you know, he's the second pass rusher. You could see a situation where Ziggy Anza's good in that role. Yeah. I think, I think Ziggy Anza could compliment Jadavion Clowney very well. Yeah. Clowney's good against the run. By the way, uh, just looking at FanDuel.com, uh, this is more accurate, I think, than the offshore I was looking at. Uh, the Rams are minus 175. Excuse me. Uh, the Seahawks are plus 290 and the 49ers are plus 390. That's more accurate, I think. But I, I still, still like those Seahawks odds a lot. Yeah. And anything more after than this trade, I'm taking them now. The yeah, one for sure. I am too. Um, I was sort of backing off of it a little bit. Um, the same way you were. Uh, and, and now I think I am, uh, I am back on it. By the way, the Texans are plus 155 to win the division at FanDuel. Jaguars plus 240. Titans three to one and, uh, Colts plus 460 to win that division. I, I mean, I, th- I do think the Texans are the favorite there, but uh, God. Well, look, we talk about that they got better from a just pure football right now step, you know, standpoint, but they didn't get better to the point where we're talking about them as a Super Bowl contender. We they got better to the point where now we can say, oh, they could win that division with nine wins. Yeah, but they're that they're still a one and done or win one, you know, win a, a wild card game type of playoff team. Probably, yeah. I mean, Watson can take you anywhere. Like I believe that Watson can win you a title because I've yeah, seen, yeah. I've seen him win titles at the college level, albeit with tons of talent around him. And he, but you know, beat Nick Saban um, on the biggest possible stage. So I believe he can win you a title if if you if you just you know if you get to the, if you get to get the playoffs. Um, one other thing about the Texans too. So they got a twenty twenty third round pick from the Seahawks, right? If the Seahawks are really good, that's basically going to be the same pick they would have gotten if, if they just let Clowney walk. And so they're paying $7 million for a 2023rd round pick that they would have gotten by not paying anything and letting Clowney walk and getting it as part of the compensatory formula. Did you read, um, did you read Florio, uh, uh on PFT? He, no. wrote, he wrote like a longer piece on it. Uh, but it's, um, it's like Texans flatter management because apparently Cal McNair, I didn't realize this, uh, back in July, Cal McNair said that the team will have a quote, flatter organization with a faster management style, end quote, uh, meaning basically Bill O'Brien is in charge. But Florio had this, uh, the league is buzzing about the level of ineptitude that these deals demonstrate, but few are surprised. The general manager is gone. The coach, who has shown that he's a very good coach, and I agree with that, isn't a personnel specialist. And the guy who's finagled a path from chaplain to inner circle lacks the capacity to even begin to understand how the job is supposed to work. <laughs> wow. I mean, he like, Florio sets Easter, Easter be on fire. Like, I mean, it is a, um, he's a, <laughs> the situation went sideways once the Texans hired from the Patriots an employee they definitely didn't want to keep because he was talking about Casario before, Jack Easterby. He's a former chaplain turned, well, something other than a chaplain, but lock, lacking the chops to do the job he now has, whatever it may be. It ultimately entails significant influence of minimal accountability since he can always claim, after one of the decisions he influences go poorly, that he's not a football guy. I mean, th- this is the type of stuff they're like, it doesn't matter what everybody writes, except Cal McNair is going to be reading this stuff. And if he's reading this stuff and it goes poorly, he's going to point at Easterby. And again, like, I, I, is this, is this just as simple as Easterby and Bill O'Brien are in charge of this, of this, of this roster and just don't know what they're doing? Yes. I think so. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's a bold concept, but I think every team should have a general manager. And we thought this was a disaster. Crazy idea, guys. I know. It's, it's, I don't. I know it's a little bit forward thinking, and uh, not everyone's going to get behind it. But this has been a disaster ever since they fired their general manager and went after the Patriots, Nick, Nick Casario. Now, if they had landed Casario, we all would have been like, "Oh, what you know, what a coup! What, they got a great guy in the summer. Great job by them." But the fact that they got hit. 
They tried to steal. I, I can't get over it. They tried to steal the Patriots general manager at Robert Kraft's house at the ring ceremony. That was their plan to steal him. It's I don't like, understand what they thought. How did they think this was going to work? It's Why like, would the Patriots let him go? It's like planning a bank robbery in the, like the branch manager's office. Like, hey, you know, this, is, this is how we're going to rob this bank later. He's like, uh, you, sh- you shouldn't be telling me this. Why, why are you, why are you telling me all this? Um, I, it, it's, it's, it's frankly kind of stunning. Um, is, is there anything, I mean, I, it's just like, I, I, I was, I was trying to think when we were planning, like when we were going to record this, I was like, okay, we've got to find somebody who can jump on with us who can like take the Texan side here. I don't think there's anybody who'll do that. Right? I mean, we can get the preacher on. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I think it's... I mean, yes, Jack Easterby indi- would probably feel differently about this. Yesterday was a indefensible day, I think. And I think the reaction that we saw from a lot of, you know, I sent out a couple of tweets criticizing the Texans. And I feel like normally you get pushback from fans, even if it's, a, even if it's a, the most obvious bad deal and you criticize that team... There's a lot of diehards of that team that will come back at you, you know, and try to yell at you and call you biased and all this. I didn't really see any of that. I saw a lot of, you know, self-pity, a lot of moping, as they should be. They should feel terrible um, <laughs> because this franchise has no direction right now. And it's funny, though. They do have Deshaun Watson. Um, as we sit here and criticize them, I want to reiterate, I'm probably going to pick them to win the AFC South. And we've talked about Watson. He's good enough to go on a Super Bowl run. Um but we talk about process a lot. It's just the worst type of process um, they could have arrived at. And, again, it kind of all stems back to, A, not putting Clowney available at the Combine, B, not willing to pay for Andre Dillard, uh, who would have been a whole lot cheaper in terms of draft picks and money. Um, and that's kind of where it all stems. And now suddenly a week before the season, it seems like they panicked and just made every type of move that they could in hopes that, you know, it's going to work. It's a shot in the dark, but uh, I don't see it working out long-term for them. And I think they won the AFC South this year, but without those draft picks, how are they ever going to build a roster around Deshaun Watson and replace aging de- an aging defense with J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless getting up there in age? Um, I, I'm just I'm reading, like, I highly recommend anybody listening should go check out uh, Twitter.com and search Bill O'Brien. And just like if you want a good laugh, because there's some pretty funny tweets out there. Uh, Kevin Clark's uh, like Seth, Seth, uh, Seth Payne, uh, who uh, who does radio in Houston, who said, feels like Bill O'Brien is at his first month of college after a very strict upbringing. <laughs> just like, get loose. Kevin, Kevin Clark said, uh, uh, I'm imagining a cousin Greg from uh, Succession. Cousin Greg style... Uh, Oh crap, I lost it. Hold on. A cousin Greg. I'm imagining a cousin Greg style overwhelmed 26 year old in the Texans front office who accidentally approved this deal while Bill O'Brien went to get a coffee and no one answered when he called the empty GM's office. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's just, oh, oops. Um, Rivers McCown, if I were one of 31 other general managers, I'd be spending my entire day trying to get Bill O'Brien on the phone just to see what I could talk him into. <laughs> it's like, like, I found a tweet. I, I can't, I can't say on the air, but. Why? And it's just, it's probably a little bit too far. <laughs> who, who, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Who's it, who is it? Who? Davian Bevins tweeted it. I, I don't, I've never heard of him, but it's, it's probably my favorite tweet that I've seen. If okay. anyone wants to look it up okay. at Jackson Bevins. Okay. Uh, I, I think I know, I know who he is on Twitter. Uh, I'll, I'll look for it. Send it to me. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, it's not, it's not even funny. It's just, just accurate, but Greg, 2G's Greg. By the way, Greg's got a great podcast. 
the uh, Jeselnik. Uh, you, ever, you ever listen to that? Anthony, no. With Anthony Jeselnik? You should. Because um, we'll see. I'll let you know about it later. But, I, I'm so busy recording podcasts with you. Right <laughs> Do you listen to other podcast? podcasts? No, because I record 90 podcasts a day. Uh, Bill O'Brien's first act is all-powerful Texan czar is trading away the key player from his only playoff victory for peanuts on the dollar because he didn't plan ahead. Not not inaccurate. Um, <laughs> Barnwell, Bill Barnwell. Can Deshaun Watson apply for legal emancipation from Bill O'Brien? <laughs> All right. I'm going to get yelled at because I'm going to get, I'm going to get yelled at for like reading tweets on this podcast, aren't I? Yeah. EK's <laughs> killing as he, as he senses you scrolling through Twitter trying to find tweets. You know, he's just banging his head against his computer. He texted me like 10 minutes ago. He's like, where's this podcast? Uh, <laughs> okay. That's pretty funny. Uh, anyway, uh, so look, it's a disaster. I mean, it's a un, well, it is an unmitigated disaster pending where those picks end up being. If those picks are really high, it is, it is a, if the, if the Texans do not make the playoffs, somebody should get fired. Someone will get fired because there's also no excuse to not win the division because, you know, because of the Andrew Luck injury, because the Jaguars look like they're going to be the same old Jaguars. Um, so there's no excuses left. They pull off this big of a trade. It seems like it's playoff or bust. The thing is, I don't, I'm not going to go so far as to say Bill O'Brien would get fired if they missed the playoffs because how many power struggles has he won in, has he won in Houston? So it kind of seems like he's been the guy pulling the strings and I don't know if they're going to have, you know, the gumption to replace him. Yeah. Um, and Cal, look, Cal McNair has got to own this. I mean, like you take over, you know, your father passes away and you take over the franchise and you let Bill O'Brien just go nuts. I mean, this is on you, buddy. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and break down the rest of the news from a wild day in the NFL. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. 
All right. So, man, again, the Texans. <laughs> this can't get over it. It's insane. Well, um, it's just, sorry, one last thing that's just hilarious to me. So the franchise tag is a tool that is that puts players in a terrible spot because it gives all control over to the team. Yeah. And somehow the Texans have managed to turn the franchise tag and use it in the exact opposite way it's supposed to be used to benefit teams. The Texans are paying $7 million for a guy who never signed his contract. <laughs> like he refused, he refused to come sign his contract and they're still paying $7 million of if, his contract. If it's, every team used a franchise tag like the Texans used it, then this wouldn't be an issue in like CBA discussions whatsoever. It'd just be the most useless tool available to teams. But the Texans are the only team that that has managed to mess this up this poorly. I, the one thing about the franchise tag is you just have to get that deal done before July 15th if you want to get anything good in return because then the team has to be able to sign the new player to a contract extension. I mean, so, I still think you – I mean, we don't need to keep harping on it. But <laughs> at this point, compared to what they got for Clowney, I just would have played hardball and said, okay, hold out. Yeah. Because guess what? We can tag you again, and we control your future. This is the whole point of the franchise tag, how it puts players in this horrible spot because teams control them for up to three years. Okay. So, so look, here's, here's, here's the thing. If they had not done anything with Clowney, and like you said, just played hardball and just let it play it out, they would have, A, paid him no money, B, potentially had him for like six games, C, gotten a compensatory pick when he walked in the offseason. And they could have actually, like, potentially rescinded the franchise tag. I'm pretty sure the Panthers got a, um, uh, compensatory pick when they, when they rescinded it with Josh so. Norman. Norman. As Florio reported that, like, some, there's some uncertainty as to whether or not they would definitely get it. But, and it would go to the 2020 compensatory formula anyway. But the point being is that they wouldn't have paid any, any money. They would have gotten the same pick in return. And they wouldn't have gotten Barkevius Mingo and Jacob Martin. And they could have still done the Tunzel trade independent of that. Yeah. Like you, right. Like, why didn't you just keep Clowney? And if you're not going to trade Clowney to Miami, just keep Clowney. You didn't have to do this. Or That's the thing is anyone trying to be like, so I, the Clowney deal happened and I was Se- making Seattle, on Twitter. And- Seattle might have given them a first round pick before that deadline. If they thought they could have signed Clowney. Right, right. They, they might have so, done it before. But there's no reason to defend the clowny pick by saying, oh, but it led to the Tunsil pick. These are two completely right yeah. independent deals. Like I went. They're, they're with different teams. Yeah. I mean, right. and, and it wasn't like Seattle gave them the first round pick that they needed to trade for Tunsil. No, these are two completely independent deals. Uh, the, I, I mean, so let me ask you this. Which deal was worse? The clowny deal or the Tunsil deal? <laughs> well, I, I, it's, it's a very good question because. <laughs> Again, like the clowny deal was entirely unnecessary. Like you, I, I'd say clowny deal. Yeah, I mean, the, I just I, th- I think the clowny deal is worse. Like, for, well, first of all, it doesn't make again, it doesn't make any sense. If you're playing for 2019, why why are you trading clowny? He's like an he's a potential all pro defensive end. At, at any rate, um, I think the Tunsil deal is probably worse because of the first round picks. I mean, you don't have a first round pick for the next two years. Two years. You don't have a first round pick. It, it's, it's, it is, it is preposterously negligent on, on their part. Um, do you care about Miami? What do you think about Miami here? Cause that- oh, we were, I mean, we mentioned it. I think, look, they still gotta do something with those picks and the draft is such a crapshoot. We have no idea, but they have 13 picks in next year's draft. I gotta say that, um, I kind of feel like 
this is all dependent on Tom Brady retiring and maybe Bill Belichick even stepping away, but all the teams in the AFC East, I think, in the last year or two have actually been pretty good about positioning themselves for the sure. post-Tom Brady era. And Miami was at, is at the bottom of the table because they hit reset the latest, um, after the Jets and Bills already did it. But I think the AFC East could be really interesting once, once Brady falls off the cliff or retires. And Miami has pretty much put themselves in a position to be ready to, uh, compete for the playoffs once Brady goes away. They still got to do something with the picks, but they bought extra lottery tickets. And that's at this stage with them tanking, that's all you got to do. Uh, and the last thing you mentioned is Josh Rosen doesn't have a chance. Um, and he's not going to be playing for Miami next year. And it'll be really interesting to see if he ever gets a reasonable shot because I don't think he got a reasonable shot in Arizona last year. He's not going to get a reasonable shot this year. Um, maybe when the Rams let Jerry Goff walk, they'll sign Josh Rosen. So um, also in the AFC East, this, this is worth mentioning too because it's like the, the Texans are letting the Jets off the hook here a little bit. The Jets had to cut their 2019 third round pick. I was like, like, and I, he went unclaimed on waivers. Unclaimed, like, uh, again, this is a the guy they drafted three months ago in the third round. Like, it doesn't, it almost doesn't seem like that could be possible. I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm going to guess it's true. If you could, there's probably only one team in the NFL that in the last five years have had a second round pick and a third round pick not playing a single game for their team. That's that'd be the Jets. It has to be the Jets. The I, Hackenberg I can't imagine that there's. Um, and remember, they uh, Mike McCagnan did all the offseason stuff and then got fired. Uh, Polite was a guy coming out of Florida, um, who, although uh, oddly, um, it he's listed on Wikipedia as for whatever reason playing for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, they signed him to the practice. Oh, squad. they they just signed him to the practice. Squad. Okay. Yeah, he didn't I get missed claimed. That. Okay, he okay. went unclaimed. He went unclaimed. Yeah. Okay, okay, I missed that. Okay. So the Seattle Seattle signed him. Okay, there you go. I was like, did I I clearly missed something. Frankly, I was a little like doing the math in my head. I was like, okay, I was like, Jukai Polite. I was like, they definitely just drafted him, right? I was like, they just He was before the combine, they were talking about him first as a round pick. first round pick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they drafted him three months ago, man. What, you, what, what is happening? And according to uh, Pro Football Talk, uh, Ja'Kai Polite had, uh, let's see, I believe it was $100,000 worth of fines. In three months, they fined him $100,000. Per league source, Polite was fined more than a hundred grand for tar- $100,000 for tardiness and other issues regarding doing things he shouldn't have done and or, and, or not doing things he should have been doing. Um He's the fourth pick in round three, so he got $1.122 million. The Jets, the Jets made this guy $1.122 million. What, what? I mean, this should be, this should be getting murdered for this, but Bill O'Brien let him off the hook. Anyway. So there you go. Uh, also moves. LaShawn McCoy ruined everyone's fantasy drafts. LaShawn McCoy. Not, 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 not the person who took him in round 10. Yeah. I, 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 Kept thinking about taking him in a bunch of leagues, and I just didn't, and I wish I had. I'm so irked that the order of our slow draft in CBS that I could have taken him with my last pick, and I took someone else. Because I thought he was going to be on the Bills. I didn't want a piece of that Bills backfield. Yeah. In, in hindsight, I would have grabbed McCoy with my last pick. Well, yeah, in hindsight. No, he's with the Chiefs. Um, bad but news. the draft is still going, is my point, and now people get to take him because... Oh, uh, yeah, that is annoying. Yeah, that is annoying. Um, 
So he, he was he was cut by Buffalo. Should you be surprised that Buffalo cut him? Because John Breach wrote a headline that said LaShawn McCoy surprisingly cut. And yet, if you listen to this podcast, you wouldn't be surprised because Ryan Wilson actually like made upper like like uh, New York Upstate New York Upstate dot com wrote an article. It's like Wilson Colin Shady definitely getting cut and like they, like he was getting like he was like freaking out because he's getting blasted by bills fans you're like you loser you're a clown who doesn't know anything like what are you talking about shady getting cut and lo and behold he did get cut it made a ton of sense all along he's old he rushed for 3.8 yards per carry last year he didn't he wasn't he he's a running back and he was gonna save him a bunch of money in, in cap space this is a no we, it's a no-brainer we, move i think we can criticize the bills a little bit and i know you don't like doing that i'm not blaming sean mcdermott or whatever um, they should have traded him. Wasn't it a year ago when they were, he was connected in trade rumors? And at the very least, they could have gotten, I'm not saying they would have gotten a second round pick for him. Oh, I mean, maybe Bill O'Brien was on the phone, but like <laughs> they could have gotten like what, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick a year ago for him. And there were talks about it and they kept on, they stood firm by him and it never made sense because their timeline has never meshed with LaShawn McCoy's timeline because by the time the Bills are good, if they are going to be good, McCoy was going to be 33 and 34, not on the team. So I think it's a little bit of malpractice on their end, not getting something for him a year ago. Um, not a huge deal. Um, I do think it's really intriguing and it's good for football that he's not on the Bills and he's on the Chiefs because that is actually kind of exciting. I'm with you. Um, but again, this is a nightmare if you invested a high pick in Damian Williams in your fantasy league. Yeah. And Darwin Thompson's value, I think, is almost completely shot unless you're in a yeah. dynasty type of league. Yeah, I mean, I I do think that there will be a lot of people who end up dropping Darwin Thompson because of this. I would grab him and stash him. Yeah. If if you see him dropped in your league, because I just think he's a guy who can at least do damage. Um, with like you know, like let's say Damian Williams is ineffective or uh, Lashawn McCoy is is cut or something like that. I'm not not saying that he'll get cut, but I do think that when you look at um what the Chiefs did financially, like to give him, to give Shady a one-year, $4 million deal with $3 million guaranteed, I mean, that says that he's not there as like a, it's not like Andy Reid bringing an old friend into town, uh, you know, hoping to, you know, give him, you know, five or six carries a game. I mean, this guy is now probably the primary back in Kansas City. He's making, if he gets, sees all $4 million, he will make more than the rest of the Chiefs running backs for them on the roster combined. So, you're right. They're not bringing on LaShawn McCoy to be a third down guy type of thing. I think, I don't know. I still think Damian Williams has a head start, and especially with the timing of McCoy joining the team. I would expect week one, Damian Williams will out touch McCoy by a decent margin. Maybe. So I would still draft Williams ahead of him if you're drafting before Thursday night. I'm, I would be terrified though, because to your point, uh, they did not sign him to sit on the bench. If you look at, different situations, but when the Chiefs signed Jeremy Macklin, which was who was uh Andy Reid's former guy in, in Philadelphia, they fed him. Now Macklin wasn't thirty one coming off, you know, an injury season. But I think McCoy obviously has a familiarity with Andy Reid's offense, which means that while Williams might be the guy in week one, it's not like it's gonna take McCoy half a season to get down this offense. He knows what Andy Reid's offense is. The question is, was last year about the Bills offensive line? which was among the worst in terms of run blocking and pass blocking, or was it because uh, LaShawn McCoy is 31? So last yeah. year he had 752 yards from scrimmage last year, career low. Averaged 3.9 yards per touch, not per carry, per touch. 3.2 so yards was, per carry, too. It's terrible. So he was disastrous 
And I think we're going to find out was that because he was playing with Josh Allen behind a bad offensive line. And now he's going to play with Patrick Mahomes behind a good, not great offensive line. But he's playing with Andy Reid, who's going to scheme some opening. So if he can't revive his career in Kansas City, I think we can write the book on um, his career. With uh, When he was with Philadelphia... And the, granted, this is a very different setup because the Eagles were, I mean, the Eagles were very good offense. Uh, and, and LaShawn McCoy was 21, not 31. So this is, you know, a little bit of apples and oranges here, but this is just what he did while playing for Andy Reid in Philadelphia on a per 16 game average. Cause you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't start all the games his rookie year and he missed some time in 2012 as well. Um, per 16 games, 230 touches, 230 carries, 1,066 yards and eight touchdowns. I don't think those numbers would be that crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns would be a little bit shocking, but like, two hundred thirty carries is probably he's going to get somewhere between I think one hundred seventy-five and two hundred twenty-five carries. I realize that's a pretty big range. I mean, think about the screens. I mean, Andy Reid is one of the best, maybe the best screen caller in the league. And look, Shady had no space to run last year. If, If you watched the Bills game, you saw that. And I did actually think even before he got cut by the Bills and landed in Kansas City, I thought it was a little bit nuts that he was, you know, lasting till the 10th, 11th round. Yeah. Because this is a guy who, up until last year, was one of the most consistent fantasy options. In 2017, he had over 1,500 yards from scrimmage and eight touchdowns. Yeah. He's not that far removed from being a fantasy guy. Uh, So, I mean, I think it's a great move for every all parties. For the first first nine years of his career, he averaged – 1,496 scrimmage yards a season. I mean, last year was a disaster. You're right. He was going too low. Now I would guess that in, like, in a fantasy league, you're going to see him go in like the, like the sixth Six round. I, I'm not paying it. I'm not paying for no, him. No. I'm not, I'm not, I, was he going to get drafted before Damian Williams? No, he shouldn't get drafted before Damian Williams. But it's worth noting, Damian Williams has only been a thing for half a season. And yeah. what the Chiefs did with Damian really. Williams Last year bodes really well for McCoy because they turned him into a fantasy superstar on the fly when they had to drop Kareem Hunt. Um, and so I, I really think this is a, a tremendous fit for, for every single party involved. Uh, it's a great chance for Shady to latch onto a Super Bowl caliber team, maybe win the Super Bowl before he retires, revive his career a little bit, you know, at, at an age where he needs as much help as he can get. It's a great get for the Chiefs, um, for pretty cheap a week before the season. And I think what makes it even better is according to, you know, Adam Schefter and a lot of other reporters who were reporting on this deal, he was going to go to the Chargers if he didn't go to the Chiefs. And the two sites actually offered similar contracts, but he chose the Chiefs for obvious reasons because he knows Andy Reid, he knows Brett Veach from their time in Philadelphia together. So not only do you add a guy who could, you know, be a massive boost right before the season, but you deny your rival, the team that you're going to be fighting it out for the AFC West most likely, help they needed at that position with Melvin Gordon's holdout continuing into the regular season. Yeah. Um, I, man, it's such a weird, it's just like, I, I, I'm here for like Shady being good again in Andy Reid's offense. I just, uh, we'll see. Um, I, again, I, the guy I would be taking is Darwin Thompson at his price. I'll let somebody else pay up for LaShawn. Um, if you're doing a fantasy draft tonight or whatever, I'll be curious. Like I'm in a, um, I'm doing my 12 team family league, uh, on Sunday night. And I'm curious, like, I'll be curious to see where these guys go. Cause there's a lot of like kids in yeah. this league. Like I it kind of, feel- it kind of feels like the shady value has already happened. It's when you drafted him yeah, thinking yeah, he's yeah. going to be on the Bills, yes. and now you're ecstatic that he's on the Chiefs. Yeah, you, you just got lucky. I mean, it's like a lot. It's yeah. a lottery ticket. Yeah, and and I just don't. Um, yeah. So uh, elsewhere, people that got cut. 
Patriots released Demarius Thomas, but left. That was weird. Yep. And, uh, but I think it's because they're going to try and move guys to IR and then bring him back potentially. But it is a little odd that they're letting him go. They also cut Brian Hoyer, which means Jared Stidham, future franchise quarterback in the backup. So who is going to be the idiot that trades for him in two years? (laughs) Kyle Shanahan. (laughs) Uh, just kidding. Uh, yeah. So yeah, exactly. The Patriots will 100% get a third round pick for, or first round pick for Jared Stidham at some point in the next, uh, in the next three years. I would not be surprised at all if Demarius Thomas comes back. Uh, and then two big name receivers that were cut, Josh Doxson and Laquan Treadwell. For Weren't you a big Doxson guy? Yeah, Doxson you Truther. You and Costas. Yeah, Doxson Truther. He flashed at times, right? You give me that? He flashed more than Treadwell, I'll give you that. Uh, Treadwell, Treadwell's an unmitigated disaster. Um, Treadwell was, by the way, the, da, 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 don't you love it when we Google the 23rd overall pick of the 2016 NFL. We should get some music so <laughs> that we can play whenever we are Googling. Treadwell and Doxon were actually taken back to back because Doxon went, um, it was three receivers back to back to back in the 2016 draft. Will Fuller, 21 to the Texans, Doxon, 22 to the Redskins and Treadwell, 23 to the Vikings. Was, guess who the receiver who went ahead of them was? It's a great receiver for drafts. Corey Coleman, excellent <laughs> receiver. Those are the only four uh, receivers taken in the first round. Of course, uh, also taken in that draft, Laramie Tunsil, taken 13th overall when he fell because of the bong video. And guess who went 47th overall? Uh, I can Google it and tell you it was Michael Thomas, 47th overall. Xavier Howard in that draft. Uh, we should really just read the entire list of, uh, of of drafted players from the 2016. I think it just goes to show, especially in the context of the Dolphins getting all those picks, for the most part, no one really knows who's going to be good once you get out of the top couple picks. And even with the top couple picks, we were just looking at the Andrew Luck draft and how terrible, you know, with Trent Richardson and all those guys at the top of the draft. So, um, like a team like the Dolphins did well because they got as many, you know, shots at the lottery as, as possible, but exactly. it's still a lottery. Yeah, but that's that's the key though. Like if you're rebuilding, you've got to get, you got to, you know, you want to, want to use a gun analogy, but you want to load, you know, put as many bullets in there as you can, right? Um, yeah, you're, you're shooting in the dark and you're hoping to hit something. You are, so you want to get as many have, shots off as possible. If you have two first round picks, you're more likely to hit one of them <laughs> than, than you are. Like, math, it's math more, yeah, it's more likely to be successful than if you have one or in the case of the Texans, zero. Um, anybody that's else? That's the extent of our, our math knowledge here. Yeah, that's it's like, man, you guys are really smart math guys, huh? Um, anybody else, uh, stand out to you on, in terms of roster? Moves. I don't, uh, the Bears signed white hair to an extension, which oh, yeah, was call. always kind of coming. Um, I do think, I think they're over the cap now for next year. My guess is that Kyle Long would probably get cut next year. Um, wow, really? I mean, I mean, he's, he's kind of, I mean, I'm not going to call him old, uh, but it's incredible. Like, cause I remember when he was drafted and him being the exciting new young offensive lineman. Well, he, now, was, he was like, very, he was, he was very old when he got drafted cause he right. transferred from FSU to Oregon. And like played baseball too, I think. So yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He flipped the coin, I believe, to decide if he was going to pursue baseball or football. Um, but anyways, I think it's a good signing. Obviously, Cody Whitehair has been a a very good player for the Bears up front. Uh, but the Bears are another example of that team who oh, man, they can save like eight million bucks if they cut him next year, huh? They yeah. So the Bears are an example of that team that drafted well. Um, and are lucky to have a quarterback on the rookie deal, but now all their good draft picks are gonna need extensions and they're gonna have to start, you know, cutting loose a lot of good players and that's where you need Trubisky to take the next step. Uh, one more piece of news that is worth noting from 
Charles Robinson of Yahoo.com. I love, I love Charles is a great dude, but he's a great guy. Love him. Tremendous guy. Awesome. Charles is a really nice guy, but, um, I'm messing with my boss now. I said the Cowboys are close to completing a contract extension with running back Ezekiel Elliott. I'm reporting this, not speculating it. And when Char- when Robinson is the type of guy, when he is reporting something like that, it is going to happen. Zeke is going to get a contract. He is going to play. I would assume he plays week one because he's been training in Cabo. I don't think the, I don't think that they'll give him 35 carries in week one, Sean. But I do think you will see Zeke on the field, 15, 20 carries uh, in, in a game that the Cowboys believe they should handily win against the Giants. Um, and if you are having a fantasy draft and Zeke is falling, I hope you've been listening to us. We've been telling you to take him. Um, and if, if you're drafting on Sunday or Monday, take him. Even if there's no deal done, take him. If he is anywhere outside of the top four, it's malpractice by the other people in your league. Yeah, he doesn't need practice to play. And yeah. we saw this exactly a year ago when Khalil Mack got traded to the Bears and didn't practice, and he came out and he scored a touchdown on defense and stripped Zach to Sean Kaiser. So I would plug Zeke into the lineup right away. If you're drafting, I'm drafting on Wednesday night, actually, um, in the keeper league, so it won't matter. But I think it's it's if you draft if you had a draft already and you got Zeke at four or at five, I think that it could end up being one of the steals of the draft because if if this holdout hadn't happened, I presume he would have been the top pick in a lot of drafts along with Barkley, McCaffrey, and Kamara. I would rather have Zeke out of all those guys. Um, one second. Oh boy. Oh goodness, what happened? I don't <sighs> have Twitter open. Did something happen? Something happened. It's from Daniel Popper. Of, uh, who covers the Chargers for the athletic. Tom Telesco says the Chargers have informed Melvin Gordon in his camp that contract negotiations will be suspended until the end of the season. In other words, they just said F you to Melvin Gordon. You're either playing or you're either, they give him permission to seek a trade partner. Um, so either he's getting traded, but look, the one team that we thought could be stupid enough to trade a lot for Melvin Gordon and pay him a lot of money just traded away two first-round picks So and just traded for Carlos Hyde because I don't know why in the year 2019 we are trading for Carlos Hyde, <laughs> um, but apparently that's still a thing that we're doing. So I don't see anyone trading for him, which means either he can Melvin? sit out the full season. No. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, nobody's but, trading for well, Maybe Bill O'Brien will. That's I don't, what I'm saying. Yeah. The one team that could have right, did it just right, traded right. away two first-round picks, yeah. and they're not doing it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I mean. I'm not going to rule anything out from Bill O'Brien, but I would be surprised if they tra- if anybody traded for Melvin Gordon because here's the thing. If you trade for Melvin Gordon, it's not like this – and by the way, with the Tunsil thing, they should have – I think we mentioned this, but they should have negotiated a deal before they traded. Yes. They have no leverage now, and that's why Tunsil no. can demand right. as much money as he wants. But Melvin Gordon is different. He is not going to be traded and show up and uh, be an impactful player – Unless he gets a new deal from a new team. So nobody's going to trade for him because it's just too hard to finagle a new deal. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I actually got, uh, so we were, I was in, we did our fantasy football today league with, uh, me and a bunch of experts. I got Zeke at fifth, uh, after well, day. The, the, the experts let you into the league? Nine experts in Roll Brunson? Uh, no, it's a bunch of, it's like the, it's like Jamie Heath, Dave, Chris Towers. Prisco's in the league too. So take that for what it's worth. Um, but uh Dave Richard took DeAndre Hopkins fourth overall and let Zeke fall to me at five. And I am as, what a steal. Heath, as Heath would say, hashtag pleased. Yeah. Uh not not upset about it. And so while we're on the topic of CBS Sports fantasy leagues, 
Uh, want to give a quick shout out to my editorial CBS baseball team that just won the uh, the fantasy league today. Wow, so, we have four the four time defending champions are, are talking on this podcast right now. Well, I was going to say that it stays in the uh, the NFL family. So uh, if if somebody was going to win, I would much rather be you than uh, than than Tom Finelli. I will, I will tell you that. Um, do you want to hear something annoying? Speaking of fantasy leagues, so uh, I, I'm in this 2016 office league, right? It's a set. We have like two. It's we have. Two 2016 leagues for, yeah, it's, the, for it's, the record. It's insane, yeah. Uh, and this other 2016 league that you're not in, I put together this, and I've showed you this roster, but just so people know, I got Saquon Barkley first overall. You can only draft running backs and tight ends in the first round, wide receivers and team quarterbacks in the second round. So it's no, not individual quarterback, team quarterbacks. I get Saquon Barkley, come back in the, in, in the next round to get, uh, Marlon Mack and Tyler Lockett, then grab DJ Moore and Mark Andrews at tight end. My team is loaded. Yesterday afternoon, they didn't, no one put a lengthy timer. It's a slow draft. No one put a lengthy timer on over the weekend. It was two hour picks and I didn't realize it. And I got my, I got a defense auto drafted for me, which makes me irate and a uh, team quarterback, not the one I wanted. And now I'm not going to, what team quarterback did you If get? you had to guess what quarterback, what's did the, you get one? the Packers? No, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, well, you've been no. drafting Aaron Rodgers and hating it. Who's the one human being on this planet? That would manage to ruin a, a fantasy draft for yours truly if you added the quarterback position. I don't know. The Raiders, man. I got the freaking oh. Raiders quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I got Derek Carr as my quarterback. <laughs> what defense did you get? The Saints. Uh. It's fine. Um, but I also got Mike Glennon, too, te- technically, right? Because he didn't get cut by the Raiders, so that's exciting. Um, but I'm, I'm a little annoyed. Like, I feel like you shouldn't be able to do two-hour pick windows on the weekend. That seems inappropriate. And I sent emails like, is this, is this a joke? And um, did not receive any feedback back, <laughs> which may have been a bit aggressive since it's a league with, like, Jeff Cretula and Jim Lanzone are in it. So maybe I should have just they didn't swear or anything. Uh, all right, that's it. Uh, so Zeke, we'll be back. Draft him. Do not touch Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to sit out till week 10. Because at this point, he feels like he's been slapped in the face by the Chargers. And uh, if they're not willing to negotiate with him, he's not going to find a trade partner. And he's going to have to either play on his current deal or sit out and hold out. I think he ends up holding out. Uh, anything else, Sean? Uh, no. Let's en- go enjoy our last Sunday before uh, before we have six, seven months of Sundays. Can't wait. Ne- by the t- by the t- next time we talk on a Sunday, it'll be... To recap week one of the NFL season. The Bears will be in first place and all will be right in the world. The Vikings will have won the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> all right, buddy. Talk to you soon.